Hello, all you lovely traumatized humans. I'm sitting in the dark because my lamp is broken. And um, so a backstory of this lamp, by the way. So I had a prison light. It was just like a green pole with a light bulb. Like there was no even a lamp shade. And um, Mike was like, that's such an ugly lamp. We need to get rid of this lamp. And so he took it and he still has it, but um, he's not using it because it's quite ugly. But um, he got me this new lamp that's like from, I don't know, Bed Bath & Beyond, Home Goods, some nice lamp. Um, but like the wiring broke. And so now I don't have a light and I have a tiny little cave of an apartment, but there's like no light back here. And so I'm sitting in a dungeon um, with a headlight on trying to like read and stuff. That's my life right now. Uh, we we need struggle, though. And this is my struggle for the day. <laughs> no electricity. Um, that's a joke. Today, we're going to talk about discomfort and how it's related to success. If you have half a brain cell, you already know that you can't become successful by just doing the same shit every day. Um, and you won't become successful if you never step out of your comfort zone. This is something I think I learned a long time ago. And it relates to running because that's how I learned a lot of my life lessons was through running. Aren't I an inspiration? Oh, my God. Kill me, shoot me, stab me. Anyway, um, what was I saying? Discomfort. Oh, yeah. When I was growing up and I was starting to run, I think um, the first time I ran like five miles, I was like, oh, my God, I didn't think I could do that. And I just did it. And like, what the fuck? And it just gave me like this like the knowledge that I could do things, I guess, that I didn't think I could do before that. And then I ran, uh, you know, double digits for the first time. Then I ran a half marathon for the first time. And then, you know, I ran uh, a marathon for the first time. And then I ran 50 miles. Then I ran 100K. And then I ran 100 miles. You know what I mean? So we just, if you just keep challenging yourself, improving yourself, uh, you know, proving to yourself that you can do hard things, um, that's how you become successful. And you're going to fail along along the way. I literally just failed at my 100 miler. I dropped out of Kodiak. I was in a lot of pain and nothing's wrong. Um, I was just having some pain related to uh, how I pronate. And um, and, and, like two days later, I was fine. And then I was really mad that I dropped out, you know, because I was in so much pain and then it was gone. And I was like, was that even real? Was I just being weak in the moment and all this other stuff? But now I learned from my failure and I am going to take that moving forward and learn from um, you know, my mistakes, uh, if they're even mistakes, <laughs> I don't even know if that's a mistake, but, um, so a little story before I met Mike, I was using dating apps kind of intermittently because I found them annoying, I guess. Um, I'd get on and then I'd get off and I'd get on and I'd get off, but they were really time consuming. They were kind of overwhelming, but they were also good in that I was able to meet people I probably wouldn't have otherwise. One thing that, um, everyone always asked was like, what, what do you do for work? Where are you from? Uh, what are your hobbies? And the hobby question was always sort of funny for me because I pretty much have two hobbies and I've had these two hobbies, uh, for a long time and I take them quite seriously. And those are running and writing. Um, those are something that uh, two things that I want to do well. And I've constructed my life in a way that allows me the time and freedom to pursue them passionately. I was looking for, um, I guess, someone to date who with an equal passion for something. Some of the men I uh, went on dates with admired my passion and some just didn't understand. Some had passions of their own that made the balancing act of dating both interesting and difficult. My point is that I was looking for someone uncommon because my lifestyle is intentionally uncomfortable in small ways. I had to find someone willing to embrace those discomforts. Um, One guy in particular, this is such a memory for me. Let's go back into the vault. 
he asked me to go to a club on a Friday night. I remember I was working at the Red Cross at the time. So I was um, in my office, maybe, maybe like Wednesday. And he's like, hey, let's go to this blah, blah, blah. I don't even know the name of the club because I don't even go to clubs. But he asked me to go to a club in like Newport Beach on Friday night. And I was like, no, I, I got to go uh, to bed early because I'm training early Saturday morning. I was planning to go on a big run in the mountains with a few of my friends. And he just said, I'm sorry, that's lame. And I was really disappointed with his response because it's easy to go to clubs. It's easy to get drunk and make out with random girls. It's easy to ask a girl to get a drink. It's harder and a bit more interesting to go on a first date in the daytime, stone cold sober. Similarly, it's easy to waste time to do what everyone expects you to do so that your life is frictionless and free of inspection. It's uncomfortable and awkward to be different, and it's a lot harder to forge your own path than it is to walk the same path that thousands have walked before you. You don't have to go crazy to make yourself uncomfortable either. The first time I cold called someone was during a college internship at an automotive insurance agency where I had to wear business clothes and cover my tattoos and sit in a gray cubicle as my summer slowly slipped away. I hated it. But that cold call was really uncomfortable and awkward and terrible. I didn't even know what to say. I was like fumbling over myself and I hated it. But as the summer wore on, I got better at cold calling because I had no other option. I needed the job and, you know, I sucked until I didn't. I also knew that I could never work <laughs> in an insurance agency. Ah, and I also knew that I shouldn't work in an office, but I digress. The takeaway is that the more I did the uncomfortable thing, the easier it got. The first few jobs I had after I graduated from college were in the nonprofit sector, so I didn't make a ton of money, if you know what I'm saying. And I struggled for a while to pay my bills and to save and to still have money to do stuff. I lived with my ex in a too small apartment in Chicago. I lived with three different roommates, all of whom brought unique challenges. And I dog sat and I did freelance projects to pay off medical bills. The discomfort of not having enough taught me to work hard and to be scrappy. There is something really important and necessary about embracing discomfort and awkwardness and fear in order to become successful. There is a famous anecdote from the art world that explains this phenomenon in a sort of um, unique way. But so a professor at an art school tells half of his ceramics class that they would be graded on the quantity of the work they produced. The more ceramics, more pots and whatever cups, whatever, the more the better. The other half would be graded on the quality of their finest piece. You might think that the group who were graded on their finest piece outperformed the group graded on quantity, but that's not what happened. I, I kind of thought that the group graded on quantity would just like be spitting out shit, you know, <laughs> and the group focus on quality would maybe be really taking their time trying to get it right. But the lesson here is that the quantity group worked to produce a lot and therefore learned from their mistakes. And so they got better with each piece. The quality group were obsessed with perfection and ended up frustrated because they never allowed themselves to learn from their mistakes. Embracing discomfort will only lead to success if you simultaneously embrace the messy, frustrating process of practicing. Discomfort doesn't just lead to success, but it leads to happiness too. Ultra runner Dean Carnanzas, Carnanzas, is that how you say his name? Cornan, corn, corn maze. Dean Corn Maze. <laughs> uh, I love that I make me laugh. That's probably my favorite part of me. Um, Anyway, Dean said that Western culture has things a, a little backwards right now. He said that we think that if we had every comfort available to us, we'd be happy. We equate comfort with happiness. And now we're so comfortable that we're miserable. There's no struggle in our lives, no sense of adventure. We get in a car, we get in an elevator, it all comes easy. What I found is that I'm never more alive than when I'm pushing and in pain and I'm struggling for high achievement. And in that struggle, I think there's magic. 
There's magic in struggle because we learn whether we succeed or whether we fail. We learn either way. If we fail, we learn what we did wrong. If we succeed, we learn that we're far stronger and more capable than we thought. And if we never try, the only lesson we learn is that we were never brave enough to start. So that's not, not the best lesson to be teaching yourselves, eh? <sighs> All right, thanks, I linked. An article about how to embrace discomfort and succeed. There's nine tips in that article. I'm not going to talk about them because you should go read them because you have eyes and a brain. And then um, a David Goggins video where he talks about uh, the correlation between discomfort and success and sort of his story about his first um, race and also about how he got into the uh, Navy SEALs. And then a book called The Upside of Down, Why Feeling is the Key to Success by Megan McArdle. I happened to link the large print version. So if you can't see, you have no excuse. I love you all. Um, have a beautiful day. I'm going to New York. And uh, maybe I will say hi from New York. That'd be kind of fun. <sighs> say love Bye. I feel like I have to keep saying bye. I feel like the Midwestern person in me is is coming through right now where I'm kind of like, <laughs> see you later. Yeah. Okay. Bye. I love you. Okay. Oh, maybe we could um, do something next week. And oh yeah. And um, tell grandma I say hi and, but, and okay. Bye. <laughs>